Cosmic Christ Podcast with your host, Ascended Master and Enlightenment Instructor, Reva Christ. Theme music, Tears of Joy by David Bezlian, bezlianstudios.com. Welcome to Cosmic Christ Podcast. I'm Reva Christ. My relationship with Christ began in 1990 when I had a dream of Christ. It was a simple dream in content, but extraordinary and sensual impact. And what I mean by this is my empathic senses were flooded with intense colors and sensations. Jesus stood on a hilltop, pointing to the right. He wore a white robe and over it a blue vest that was as long as his robe. His hair was dark and shoulder length, and his mustache and beard were trimmed. He pointed to the right and only said two words to me, go on. You see, I was thinking of ending my life. But I woke feeling refreshed and renewed, and the spirit of Christ was with me. But the ability to channel his mind did not come to me until 2010. Jesus told me he has been looking for a host to carry his mind on earth, to be his personal consort and carry his messages and teachings. And as his mind is vast, he has chosen my sister to carry his moral and ethical teachings and his understanding of Bible scriptures. And he has endowed me with the ability to channel his mind as the human Messiah who is now dedicated to the mental evolution of the human race. Jesus is here with us, but he is not here in a new flesh body. He is here in full living consciousness. Jumping right into the cosmic stream, one of the most interesting things to know about Jesus Christ is that he is an explorer of the conscious universe. His mind is never still. He is intelligent, creative, disciplined, and devoted in his mental journey and mental interactions. What I relate to you is my experience of him. The mind is the eternal creature that survives physical death. So the mind that pursues intelligence will continue to pursue intelligence after death of the matter shell. And this is what Christ did. He spent his short life in service to God. And once he was released from the mortal coil, he went in search of God, to touch the face of God, to know God, to understand God, and to realize God's depths and heights. Christ's journey to know God begins in chapter 5 of his autobiography. They call him Savior, the return of Christ, as he tells us his recollections of his own death and his transcendence to the afterlife. What you hear next will be Christ's own words that he channeled to me. I was deeply troubled, frightened, despaired, and lost after my body expired. I did not know where I was. In my mind, I wanted the graveyard of where I died, which was the execution site of many. My physical pain ended, but I was flooded with torment from my thoughts, the memories that filled me of my life spent on earth, and my feelings for the different events in my life that had affected me so deeply, particularly my feelings of rejection, loneliness, self-pity, and the remorse and guilt that I had not done enough for my cause. I don't know how long I suffered. I believe I was three days on the cross before I passed into a coma and I died on the fourth day. 
During the days of my ministry, I was surrounded by people, fools, that often fled because of my own outbursts of temper. Those that stayed close were Mary and Peter. Mary offered me comfort and tried to get me to abandon my work. Peter was a counselor. He would remind me of my words. Paul, too, was faithful. He would try to understand me emotionally. But Simon was conflicted. Judas, Matthew, Mark, John, they did not understand me. Luke was also fearful of my temper. There were other women as well, Rachel, Rosemary, Helena. They were comforting. They consoled me. But I was alone and isolated within myself. Thomas was interested in magic. The mortal reality did not interest him. Through him I lived. He believed that death would be survived on earth, that a man could be flogged, beaten, and crucified. He could hang for three days with no water, no nourishment, in blinding heat, and he would survive. So through his stories, I lived to a ripe old age. But he did not grasp that the resurrection came in spirit, not flesh. Death frightens many people. Stillness frightens people. I believe it blocks the progress of the mind because in avoiding the stillness of their thoughts, they also avoid peace. I saw Peter and Paul remove me from the cross where I was, not only nailed, but tied. My mother and Mary were both in attendance. They lied me on a cloth of linen, folded my arms and crossed my ankles, and then they covered me and carried me to a cart and then took me to a cave where my mother and Mary stayed with me. I watched them from some place outside my own body, yet they did not seem aware of me. I saw them wash my wounds and pray over me. I believe they tried to heal me. It was many hours before I was seen, and at that time Peter had returned. Though to them I had resurrected as a man, I was actually what you would know as a specter, a ghost. The world would have you believe I was an older man, a man in his thirties, but I tell you I had lived to twenty-seven years of age. I was cut down in my youth, much younger than they want you to know. No man was my enemy, that is, I was not his enemy, but many men opposed the messages I would bring to the world, the messages of love that were contrary to man's messages of self-importance. Self-love was man's message, and when he heard me speak of love for all, he became enraged. For if all are loved, then he is not important. Man must be the receiver of all love. It must not go to his brothers or sisters, neither can it be flourished upon his mother or father. Such a man, full of hate for all other men, and consumed by his love of himself, will do anything to protect himself. He will even kill the messenger who speaks of love for all, because that man is threatened by all. That man serves only the one, and that one is himself. That one invented a system of commerce where he would benefit solely at the expense of all other men. As he profited from the needs of the many, they would suffer with less, for they had given away the little they had in hope of sharing what the selfish man had garnered. But the selfish man does not share. He keeps what he has, and he takes what you have. And when the stranger comes along and speaks about it, 
when the stranger speaks out to warn the people of his dubious actions, the selfish man has the stranger murdered. So too was I murdered, so that selfishness could lead the world. Now look at the state that it's in. Your world is dying due to selfishness. The world does not know me. It only knows the selfish man who procreated himself. It does not matter to me if you believe what I say. Yea, it makes no difference. You believe what your minds tell you anyway. Each has his own ideas and fantasies. Each makes up his own truth. This I have seen. This is what leads to the war of minds, which leads to the war that ends all life on earth. But I am not at war. I don't know how long I suffered in my anguish, but when I saw my mother I reached out to her and said, Do not be afraid. And though they say I walked, I did not. My feet never touched the dirt. I glided, but I could not hold my own image for long. I told Peter, Do not let them forget me. The rest of the story was invented to flush out the tale and bring the metaphorical aspects to life, that I was supernatural and still lived on earth as part of my resurrection. Once I left the earth, I spent many months roaming the desert, the site of my execution and the execution of many others. This was my resurrection. I, as a ghost, wandered alone, calling to God. Is this death? Why have you abandoned me? I did not realize at the time that I was lost in my own thoughts. When my energy waned, I found myself in a dark void, and from here I would also lament, where is this place? I am forsaken. Is this hell? It wasn't long before I heard two voices. The first was a woman's voice who said, we hear you, you are not alone. You are traveling within your own dream. Then a man's voice spoke, your time on earth is through. This is your new home. Suddenly there seemed to be a light at the end of a dark tunnel. So I released my hold on the earth and I followed it. And as I passed the threshold, the light consumed me. It was the brightest light I had ever seen. And within its warmth, I was engulfed in love and joy and bliss. It was elation and it seemed to last forever. And yet I moved through it and came out the other side to find myself in a beautiful garden with flowered hedges and fruit trees, stone benches and marble columns. It was here I met my spirit mother and spirit father. The man was much older than I, where the woman was as young as I remembered my mother to be when I was a boy. They appeared in white clothes, and I noticed that I was in white clothes too. I am mother, the woman introduced herself, and I am God, the man said, welcome home. Mother said, we have waited a long time for you. You are the Messiah of a nation, the savior of your people and the world. You will soon feel your full restoration and health. You will be aware your senses are heightened and so are your gifts. Everything they told me was true. First, they wanted to know about me and then I learned about them. In her last incarnation, mother's name was Arden. She was born to a family of scholars. She was married to a land baron, a king in his own right, and bore him one child, a son. She, her husband and child were all killed by a marauding army that overtook their land and their home in conquest. 
The one who called himself God told me his name was Enoch, and he held many lifetimes. He was the grandfather of Moses, but also lived other lifetimes. He was the first man. All of his deaths were unpleasant, and either involved death by nature's fury in volcanic explosions, death by mauling as he was eaten by animals, or death in human battle as a warrior and a barbarian. It was his choice to rise from violence, and he had since refined himself to speak for God. I accepted him as God, and I also rejected him as God, and when I became strong enough, he took me to experience God, and then I understood God as the field of potentiality, the field of all possibilities. They took me through the conscious universe. They explained when they found themselves here in the afterlife and discovered the truth of it, that they were fully functional, mental, and sensual beings. They realized they had a power they could use to assist others in crossing over, and they most wanted to receive me. It was from Enoch that I learned how to speak to conduits on earth. He, I, and mother shared knowledge and became a family. When we saw the result of my death, how the churches sprang up, and from them religions formed in my name, we decided to use the information to our advantage, and we named our family the Holy Family, and we named our realm Heaven, and slowly others came to join us. The worlds are as vast and endless as the imagination, because we are virtually released into our imaginations. We are the mind of energy, and the sum of all our recordings, with the ability to think, plan, conceive, and conjure ideas as we did on earth. All our senses have attained and heightened, and with our heightened senses, our experiences become richer and fuller than any experience we had on earth. Mother told me she often plays goddess for the pagans who call out to her, while Enoch answers all prayers directed to God. It was decided between Mother, Enoch, and I that I would continue my ministry, and I was trained in how to communicate with humans on earth. In the next episode of Cosmic Christ Podcast, Jesus tells us what he has experienced and learned about God. I'm Weaver Christ. May peace be with you, and thank you for listening.